Thanks for joining us today on Go Into All the World. Gary Griffinhagen hosts the program and has literally shared the gospel of Christ with thousands of people. Today he's teaching from Romans 6, beginning with verse 11. Here's Gary. Yes, listen, as Russ said, I welcome you to the program today, and we're going to start in Romans 6, 11. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and here's what it says. Likewise, reckon yourselves also dead to sin, indeed to sin, okay, but alive to God. So again, be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This verse shows that we believers are dead to sin. The issue is we need to reckon that. We need to believe it. We need to enforce it in our lives. We need to imprint it, if you want to call it, in our minds and stuff. So again, we need to reckon this so. And you know, if you reckon this so, and I say you, you believers, if we reckon this so, we will see less and less sin because we really are dead to it, okay? And the problem is a lot of times believers don't reckon reckon themselves dead, think they might fall back, think they still have the old man. And guess what? The more that they don't reckon themselves sin and there's, so to speak, a possibility, we have a great propensity or a greater propensity to focus on sin, which will then result, you know what, I'm sure you're listening, you can figure it out, we'll see more and more sin in our lives. So again, we want to reckon ourselves dead so we will outwardly become what we already inwardly are. So again, inwardly we are already free. We want to get through the outwardly part, and we'll talk a little bit more about renewing our minds and things like that in this program. Verse 12 reads, let sin not reign in your mortal body, that you should obey the lust thereof. This is a command, so we must have the power to do it. Again, this is a command, okay? Let sin not reign in your mortal body, so we have the power to do that. Otherwise, the command would be a lie or be false, if you would. So we can resist sin, we have that power. Again, a mistaken belief that we must sin or sometimes sin is wrong. We do need to renew our minds to the truths that part are that are part of our new identity in Christ. We must we must know beyond a doubt or a shadow of a doubt that our old man, the cause of sin, is dead. Verse thirteen follows this thought. It reads, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And think of this verse, and I want to kind of emphasize one point. The important point is neither yield, okay? But neither yield your members. So again, God is saying to you, do not. God is saying to you, believer. God is saying to us, believers, we have the power to not yield, okay? Or again, this scripture would be false, a lie, da-da-da-da-da. So again, with our old man, back to the old man, if our old man is dead, we do not have to yield like we used to. We're not like kind of captured or kind of forced or whatever you want to call that, like we used to be. Now, we do have some carryover, and that's why we have to renew our minds. So in our body and our soul, like our emotions and will and thought life and stuff, we have some things that are kind of carried over. We might have some, quote, bad habits or even, quote, some bondages and things. But the main thing that used to hold us, the old man, okay, that old nature is dead, buried, and gone. Well, let's go on to verse 14 and talk a little bit more. Here it goes. It reads, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but grace. It says sin shall not have dominion over you. Think about that. I'm, I'm hearing God say to me, I'm reading this Romans <clears throat> excuse me, 6.14 saying sin shall not have dominion over you. Isn't that glorious news? That's great news. I don't have to let it reign in my life. I don't have it, have, so to speak, have dominion over me. Why? Because I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. 
Okay, one more time, of course, our old man is dead. And what we see, okay, from this old man or the, what I say, the emotions and stuff like that, I call it the residue. Our minds, our souls, you know, this maybe some of our habits and stuff, they're not completely renewed. Maybe our emotions, again, are not completely renewed. So now we have to renew that, okay, put off this, put off that, be not bitter, some of these kind of things we see in the Word. So we don't have to walk in the sin that's produced by that, that emotion, that soul tie, whatever those things are that produces this wrong, if you want to call it wrong feeling, and then, of course, then we enter into sin. I get bitter, I get wrathful, I get angry, and, you know, (laughs) without reason, if you want to call it that. Okay, let's go back. Here it says, remember, we're not under the law. Think about that. The Bible says that the strength of sin is the law. So if we're not under the law, sin doesn't have any strength, okay, in our lives. We're under grace, so we don't have to have that same power, that same coming against us all the time, the law thing, the law thing. And again, it's strength in sin. So because we're not under it, we don't have to have that bothering us, if you would. Um, Okay. It says we're not under the law, okay? So again, sin can, doesn't have to have dominion over us, okay? Because again, we're under grace. And again, I mentioned earlier that the problem to many modern-day teachers is that many believers operate under the law. So as you're listening today, you're a believer, think about that. Are you operating under the law in certain areas of your life? Are you letting like certain mind things kind of like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that? And I'm not talking about outright sinful things. Just you have that kind of law mentality, okay? And again, if we are believers, okay, operate under the law, all right, sin can and often does, okay, have dominion over us. That's why it says it shall not have dominion over you because you're not under it. If we operate under the law, then we're putting ourselves back under it. And guess what? We can have, so to speak, sin being dominion or have a dominion in our life. One commentary, I'm going to finish up verse 14 with this statement, says, Understanding our freedom from the Old Testament law is a prerequisite to breaking the dominion of sin in our lives. The, the reason this is so is the law strengthened sin by producing guilt that condemned and killed us. Well, praise God. Then I want to go on a little bit more before I go into verse 15 and think about this. A lot of believers kind of couple this feeling, I can still sin, okay, with the wrath of God. And we, they think of things like, oh, the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. And they kind of kind of couple those together. So, boy, if I sin, I'm going to have the wrath of God. It's, it's coupled, I just did something unrighteous, and it's coupled together, and da-da-da-da-da. But remember, once we accept Christ, we don't have to fear the wrath of God. Why? Because it was placed on Jesus. Okay, we do not need the law to condemn and kill us because Christ has given us salvation. So what that law used to do to beat us up and condemn us and kill us, which was to drive us to God or drive us to Christ, if you would, it was a good use of the law. But now we don't want to have that good use. We don't need it because he's already died for us and we already said we're already saved. And again, I think back to Romans 6, 6 and 7, it says, if we know these things, we are free from sin and Paul said then we are free not to sin. Okay, why do we still continue in sin? And I've kind of mentioned this a few times. All of us continue to sin because we're in the process of renewing our minds. We still have that residue. And I think I've shared these stories many times about believers that were caught up in drugs, alcohol, and pornography. And one day, they walked away from alcohol, drugs, and pornography. They walked in their new identity. 
Another quote from a commentary kind of strengthens this. It says, when we are not condemned and feeling separated from God because of our sins, we are free to run to God for help instead of away from him in fear. So as these believers, okay, and any, by the way, this applies, of course, to any believer, we see there's an area that's starting to get weak or getting attacked in, or maybe we're starting to fail a little bit. We want to run to God and ask for strength and give us scriptures, God. Give us something to build us up. Come in, God. Strengthen us and stuff so we can stay away from that. And by the way, these believers that I was mentioning to you that were caught up, and again, these are believers, all right? These are not unbelievers. These are believers that were caught up in drugs, alcohol, and pornography. The one thing they did, or the good thing they did, is they ran to God instead of away from him. They began to cry out, and they also knew their new identity. They would say things like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So even on days when they were sitting there watching porn <clears throat> or doing drugs or alcohol, they would start confessing their new identity. So again, once this new identity catches up to them, once they were able to kind of identify that and they put their emotions, they put their focus there, they just got up and walked away from drugs and alcohol and pornography. And that's what I want to say is that God can do that for us. And it doesn't have to be something as severe as that. Maybe there's some simple stuff that you have. <clears throat> and we want to begin to walk in our identity so we'll have our new identity overseed or supersede that old identity and we're going to walk away from sin. Another way to, so to speak, get out of things, it says, remember, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. These believers that I was talking about that caught up in those things, they walked in the Spirit. The lust of the flesh no longer held them. Again, the same principle is effective here. If we focus our freedom and our new man, the bondage from the, and the tendency from the old man can no longer hold us. We are new. Let's say I get up in the morning and I feel bad. Run and give in to that. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to build myself up. I might go out and share the Lord. I might put on a praise and worship song. So again, I'm building myself and I'm forcing anything that's trying to get back into my life that doesn't have a right to be there, by the way. Because remember, you're free from sin, not free to sin, free from sin. So that sin should not be able to, so to speak, get a hold of you or grab you. <clears throat> um, understanding God's grace and our freedom from the law is the key to breaking the do dominance of sin in our lives. Again, understanding God's grace, what he's done, our freedom, we are free from sin, okay, and free from the law, is a kind of a key, if you would, to break the dominance of sin in our lives. And if we kind of couple those statements with Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, that Jesus bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes were healed. So sin was not only broken off of us, taken away because the old man went, these things that would cause a lack of peace, these things that would cause emotional distress, these things that would afflict us, Jesus took them and bore them. So he took the cause for my emotional distress. He took the cause, okay, the things that would kind of pressure me or force me and da-da-da-da-da. We just have to look to him because he's already born that. So I don't have to bear it on my own. I don't have to, oh, I just have to get enough strength up to do this, or I just got to keep running. Maybe one day I'll outrun it. No. We see what Jesus has done, and then we realize, I'm going to turn over that fear, that worry that's coming against me, because Jesus has paid the price, and it does not, if you want to call it, have the right or the authority to have dominion over me. Okay, well, let's go to verse 615. Here's what it reads. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. So if you remember back, Paul started chapter 6 with a similar question, kind of addressing the issue that 
his, his teaching was encouraging people to sin. He pretty much used the first 13 verses of Romans 6, saying sin shall not have dominion over us. Now we're going to see the rest of chapter 6, roughly verses 16 to 23. We're going to explain the reason why believers do not sin, okay? And sometimes people say, well, uh, God doesn't punish us for our sins. You're right. He does not punish us. But guess what? If we sin, it gives who an inroad to our life? It gives Satan an inroad to our life. All right? And, of course, then he can begin to reap destruction in our lives. So we don't want to sin, not because, you know, we're God's mad at us or something like that. We don't want to sin because it opens up the door, opens up the gateway to our life and allows Satan to come in. All right? Romans 6.16 reads, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Paul given the first reason why Christians don't sin in Romans 6.2. says we're dead to sin. In verse 16, we see the second reason. Again, I mentioned just under, they're under four, or verse 15, excuse me. When we sin, we open the door to the devil. The scripture reads, To whom ye yield yourselves, then you become servants to obey. Okay, so again, who, whom are we yielding ourselves? Are we yielding ourselves to God, or are we yielding ourselves to the bad guy? Again, if you remember back, something we've talked about before, I've mentioned earlier, God does not impute sin to us. If you want to check it out, it's Romans 5.13. God does not impute sin to us. So again, our actions are either going to release the power of God or the power of Satan in our life. And of course, we don't want to yield to Satan. That's, that's stupid. Um, <clears throat> when we allow the devil opportunity to produce death in our lives, then we want to stop and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I want to confess that sin. And the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us. That forgiveness is already in our spirit. So when we confess it, God releases that forgiveness that's already inside of us, okay? And then we can kind of get rid of Satan or we get rid of the strongholds that are trying to get a hold of our life. This verse also talks again about servants, and it says here the servants are like, if you want to call it, they're like a slave, if you would, it kind of signifies a slave. So this means that we're selling out, we're fully committing to, in this case, <clears throat> we're going to commit or yield to, all right, either to God, okay, by not sinning, or to the devil when we do. So again, one more time, we're going to yield ourselves either fully to God, or we're going to yield ourselves fully to the devil, and we're going to find out later in this, this, this chapter, okay, later here in these verses, that we're actually becoming servants of righteousness. And between you and me, I never quite understood that for a lot of years. And I've been saved about 50 years, so I really never understood that. I'm kind of excited to get to that. I'm not going to get there today, but probably next week. Romans 6, 17 says, But God be thanked that you are the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. The doctrine, okay, that we obey is the doctrine of grace. <clears throat> we obey that from our heart. We knew we were sinners before coming to Christ, but now we're born again and we're freed from sin. So again, the same thing we knew before, I was a sinner, I had a bad nature, da-da-da-da-da. Now I'm this new person. I have old, if you want to call it, old nature gone and new to, so to speak, supplant that are coming into my lives. So this helps to break the power of sin in our lives. Again, as we acknowledge we are free from sin, we are the servants of righteousness, and we have the power of God to strengthen ourselves. Romans 6.18, being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. So here we're going to start talking about the servants of righteousness. 
One commentary notes that Jesus clearly said, No man could serve two masters. He either will hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. So in other words, we see, of course, it ends with, You cannot serve God and mammon. <clears throat> we were slaves to sin. Now we've become free from that, and we've become slaves or servants of righteousness. To me, this is very, very exciting. And again, we'll only get kind of touch the edge of it today. I think this is a truth that many of the, the, the people in the body of Christ, many believers, do not understand or do not walk in. Okay, If I said before, I said before, the word identity seems to be coming up in, to me in many, many Christian circles. I see them in services. I hear them in teachings. I hear them on tapes, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm trying to tell people you need to know who you are in Christ and what's been done for you because that's your new identity. I don't have that old man. I don't have that old nature. I got to know that. Then I got to know I'm free from sin. That's part of my new identity. So again, this is another thing we're saying. Now you're servants of righteousness. So now I'm kind of like committed or a slave, if you want to call it that, to God. And isn't that wonderful? I've gone from a slave of the world and the devil. Now I'm a slave to the almost or the most high, okay? The most high God, the almighty God. I'm a slave to him. I want to follow him. You know, Paul said, I want to run that race. I want to continue the course, da-da-da-da-da. We want to just keep walking and walking and walking, serving God every day, every way possible, <clears throat> And, you know, I've mentioned I've gone and probably shared with 10, 12,000 people individually, okay? And I preached in a few rescue missions and a few places, but generally speaking, more or less one-on-one. -on -one. Was I perfect in this? Was I did everything right between you and me? No, of course not. I would love to say that, but that's not true. I haven't done everything right, but I have been able to share with a lot. And I want to share a scripture with you to try to give you, if you want to call it a goal or a focus. And here's the scripture. It's John 21, 25. It says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that not e that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. I'm going to reread this. Jesus, okay, did, which if they were written one by one, the many things that he did, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books. Well, think about that. Think about how much Jesus did, and remember the time frame he did it in. He did all this that could not even be written down, <clears throat> three and a half years. He accomplished millions and millions and millions and millions of acts. Maybe we'll say acts of service, signs, wonders, preaching the word, teaching the word, da-da-da-da-da. But I hope you can glean from this, okay, that we can do more and more and more ourselves. You know, the Bible says we see the end. We want to kind of walk tight as we see the end coming. In. Most of us believe we're in the end days, the last days, if you call it. We want to walk tighter and tighter to God. Well, I want to share a couple stories today, and I'll, I'll kind of end the program. And my, my verse today, and this is <clears throat> coming off of Romans, I'm going to go into. Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Um, I have I coach tennis. The other day, everybody left about 5.20 except one girl. She's from Vietnam, and she lives with the host family. She said, well, my host family will be there at 5.30, and I, I can't leave a player sitting you know, off the tennis courts by themselves. So I stayed there. Well, the person didn't show up. And by the way, the person showed up about 6 o'clock. But here's what God did. Rather than get upset or anything like that, we just sat there and started talking. 
Turns out this young girl's trying to learn Spanish. Well, as many probably know, I'm a Spanish teacher or was a Spanish teacher. And I just had a great time helping her with Spanish. Then as we go a little further on, she goes, Gary, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Well, we start talking about God, and it got real exciting. And so, again, this whole 40-minute period, instead of being bummed, instead of like looking down or complaining and grumbling, which the Bible says do everything without grumbling or complaining, all right, it turned around for good. We talked about Spanish. We, I actually threw in a few French words, and then we got to talk about the Bible. And by the way, next, that, next day, that young lady, she got in front of all the tennis players, because we're from a Catholic high school, and she led the team prayer and normally it's yours truly that leads the team prayers the coach and nobody wants to do it i do it but she got very brave and she got up there and she led it she asked for an english bible i happened to have her one well that's very exciting to me that this young lady you know she got up this young girl if you would got up and prayed in front of the whole team well the second time that god worked something together for good for me this weekend um i have a friend okay from rochelle christie and one day or her name is Elizabeth Stoner. She's the president of the club, and we kind of, kind of have some time to fellowship and things like that. Well, she invited me to her home church, and I had to have a, a TV repair done on Sunday morning, so I couldn't go to my own church in Sandy, and I thought I'd go to Elizabeth's church. Well, it turned out a lot of the people from the church had happened to have that weekend off. So she texted me and said, well, you know, my, my church isn't meeting this weekend. It was kind of a bummer. You know, so I got to the TV thing got done. I'd actually been invited to another church about three months ago. I was getting getting a passport, and the lady and I were talking there. The lady, the passport lady, or the lady working there in the post office doing passports, and she mentioned to me, "Why don't you come to this church?" Okay, and she was black, and I assumed it was an all black church. And we talked about two or three black churches, and she said, "No, it's not that one. It's not mine's called Calvary Baptist." Da 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 da. So they met at 11 o'clock. I got the TV thing done around 10 and done some just a couple things I had to drop off. Well, I headed over there, and at 10.30, there was nobody there. I got back at 10 to 11. There was one car there, and I thought, well, I've, you know, I've kind of committed to it. I'm going to go in. Well, I walked in, and it was all of five people plus the pastor. And he's a visiting pastor because they don't even have a pastor. So he starts, you know, we talk, and he's kind of a nice guy. He's, he's got a ministry, I think it's Sojourn, out in West Haven, and they've got their own church on Sunday nights, and he kind of fills in on Sunday mornings. Well, they went through, and again, there's five people, piano player, the announcement person, the pastor, two ladies, and myself. And he starts <clears throat> after, the, after the songs and stuff, and they sing some really, really old hymns, I mean, like way back type hymns, you know. <clears throat> and after he did that, the guy started preaching, and basically he kind of stayed in Matthew 24, and he just kept talking about anxiety and anxiety. Well, I got a little between you and me. I'll be very honest. I got a little distracted, and I thought, I don't want to keep hearing that same scripture over and again and cast your cares and da-da-da-da-da. So I started reading Colossians and a few things that kind of do. Well, about halfway through that, okay, I felt the Holy Spirit said, go back to that scripture. And here's what happened. As he kept talking about anxiety, it kind of hit me. Gary, you have some anxiety in your life. And you know what? I realized that's why God had brought me to that service. And that's why God said, go back to that scripture. Look at that scripture. You've got a problem with anxiety or anxiety has some hold in your life. So I praise God that uh, Elizabeth Stoner's house church, you know, they did not meet all right, that Sunday, and God had me go, and again, they had to have the TV repaired, so I couldn't go to my own church. 
all right? But God had me go to a place that I had a need. So again, God worked the situation for good with the young girl staying 40 minutes over. You know, the family didn't get there for a while, and he worked this thing for good. So I didn't go to the home church, but I, or the house church, excuse me, but I did go to the service, and God ministered to me. Listen, I want to thank you so much today. I'm going to have Russ close the program, but we'll get back into Romans 6 next week and work it out. And God bless you, and I hope things were just ministered to you today. And please go back and read these verses in Romans 6, 15 through about 6, 18. We hope you enjoyed the program here on Go Into All the World. The verses about being dead to sin can definitely minister to all of us as believers in Christ. And so if you've been blessed by today's message, would you support this program? Would you pray about that? If so, would you go online and just go to give.cornerstone.cc slash graceandtruthradio. That's give.cornerstone.cc slash graceandtruthradio. And if you send in your kind donation, just put in the comment line of your check, go into all the world. Well, that should do it for now. So we'll see you again here next week on this good station. Thanks for joining us on Go Into All the World.